And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created We are exploited. We are downtrodden. We are denied not only civil rights, but even human rights. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against the common enemy. I don't want you to protest, I don't want you to ride, I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being, God damn it! My life has value! Get together, have a few laughs. Welcome to Iowa Talk Guys Podcast. I'm your host, TP. And I'm the other host, Theo. And we're here today to talk to you about something that we think is important about, you know, a little thing called government corruption. Yeah, I think we're mainly going to do it from the lens that you did most of the research and you're throwing a lot of it on me. You kind of sent me an email copy of some highlights, but you did most of the research. I did. So this is kind of a special I put together. So I can ask questions. Yeah, and I will try to answer them to the, the best of my ability. But I am no expert by any means. So once again, people, do your own research. Don't trust anybody. Don't even trust us. As my wife's grandfather used to say, believe none of what you hear and only half of what you see. Yeah, that's an old one. I like it. Old one. Couldn't be more true than today's day and age. So moving on. So I titled this episode, The Hunter-Bolger-Ukraine Connection. There was a man, this family, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of him, Theo, you have uh, the Bolger family of out of South Boston. Okay, James and I can't remember his brother's name that was a politician. Billiam. Billiam. It was William, but he liked to go by Billy. Billy. Billy Bolger. Billy Bolger. So he's one of those. Jimmy and Billy. Jimmy and Billy. Sounds like a bad sitcom. Actually, you know what? Netflix could get a hold of this uh if they weren't afraid of Billy suing their tails off, you know what I mean? And Make and a movie about it? Dude, they could do a whole series on this. Oh, sure. You mean like a, an actual documentary Re- really, style? Yeah. yeah. So let's get into it. And I'm no expert on the mafia by any means, but I do a lot of research. I do like to listen to, uh, watch films, listen to podcasts, read books about the mafia because... They're very intertwined in uh, to our government. Yeah, I believe think it or not, much like the mob contracts associates that aren't actually part of the mob that do a ton of work for them. Right. It seems like sometimes the government, in some cases, contracts the mob to do stuff for them that they don't want their fingerprints on. Well, and that's a totally we can get into that, and which I will do. We can do that an episode on that about how the OSS back in. The 40s. The predecessor to the CIA? Yes, how they got into bed with one of the five families in New York and then essentially helped free the Sicilian mob once the the Allies took over Italy from Mussolini and gave the Sicilian mafia complete control of the island and most parts of the government in Italy. One of Mussolini's big things was getting rid of organized crime, so he had 
all the, the Sicilians and even Sicilians in the United States really wanted to hand him his ass, if uh, you will. And I'm uh, and I don't know the exact details of how it was sold to the higher ups, how this OSS guy's like, yeah, we should get into bed with the mafia. But it was probably along the same lines as this, since the CIA, this is like a really good term they like using is, the enemy of our enemy is our friend. Yeah. <laughs> and look how well, fast forward uh, almost 100 years, and look how well that's been helping us. So getting into it. <laughs> <laughs> getting into it. So uh, this man, <clears throat> Whitey Bulger. James Whitey Bulger. James Whitey Bulger, yeah. Whitey was his nickname given to him as a kid because uh, he had uh, white hair or really blonde hair. Apparently, he did not like that name also, by the way. That's what I heard. Yeah, he did not like being... Nobody called him Whitey to his face. and uh, But everybody did to to his back, To apparently. his back, yeah. He actually uh, wanted to be called Boots at one time because he likes wearing cowboy boots. Like, Oh, yeah? <laughs> you boys can just call me Boots. boots. Like, how do you pitch that to your friends one day? You just walk in like, hey, man. Don't don't call me Jim anymore. I want to be called Boots. Name's Boots. The name's Boots. And for your information, <laughs> the rattleskin. Oh yeah, we have to do the they, South Bar, the South B accent. It's, I don't know if I can. Now, I I don't know if I can do it, but I, I should call my buddy Mikey up and see if he wants to get on here just to do some South B accents. Yeah, that'd be funny. I but. I bet they were uh, incredibly poor taste cowboy boots. I would imagine. Well, they were fancy enough to to attract some attention in the neighborhood in his old neighborhood in South B. So moving on. So yeah, he was born in South Boston, September 3rd, 1929, and he was he what he's famous for now is he he was the crime boss of an Irish American mafia known as the Winter Hill Gang. And he was an FBI informant from the late 1960s to the mid 1990s. Although he denied it until his death. Right. Well, we get into that, too. His handler, the FBI, was a very interesting character, and he ended up going down for some some uh, corruption charges. I'm trying to remember his name because I've watched a ton of the documentaries and stuff. Frank Connolly. No, it was close. It was Connolly. It was John J. Connolly. John Connolly. Yep. Okay. He was about 10 years younger than them, He and those cowboy boots must have caught his attention because he looked up to Whitey and, and his brother, William idolized him you know yeah i thought he uh looked out for him back in the day and whatnot in the neighborhood or something like that right he did if you've ever seen the movie the departed with jack nicholson leonardo dicaprio and uh matt damon matt damon then you uh they loosely based jack nicholson's character off of whitey bulger right and then matt damon the matt damon character was uh loosely based off of james james john John Connolly. connolly Yeah. The FBI agent from South Boston. Yes, the handler of Whitey Bulger. The handler of the informant. The informant, yeah. So getting into a little more history, which I find very interesting of Whitey Bulger's. So in 1948, right after World War II, right before getting into Korea, he enlisted in the U.S. Air Force. And he had been getting into some trouble you know, beforehand with the law, which is pretty common with mafia people right and despite a record he and he got into some trouble in the air force as well which i find very unusual looks like rape from your notes here yeah wow so despite a record of disciplinary problems while in the service which included a rape charge in great falls montana aggressive fella yeah his discharge four years later was certified as honorable Mm. which i find very after a rape especially like on the heels of world war ii where they used to line service members got shot Sure. For treason. Sure. 
You know, if they... Oh, you don't want to... Okay. Yeah, you, you know? don't want to... Yeah, advance. Um, And rape's kind of a big deal. Yeah, um, I I would say so. But... <laughs> so, anyway, fast forward to... must. It says just he was just charged with yeah, a rape. He discharge. must not have been convicted. Honor, honorable discharge. He served time in the brig and everything. Cool. Sure. Yeah. Huh. And this may have where he got... this. He, he might have got dinged himself here, right? Put himself on the blotter. Because some interesting things happened here after this. In 1956, he was convicted for a string of bank robberies committed in three states. And he was sentenced to 20 years in federal prison. Okay, But he was granted parole in 1965. So that was nine years. Atlanta, Leavenworth, and Alcatraz. Right. I knew he was at Alcatraz. Yeah, he served three, like the last three years of his sentence was at Alcatraz. Gave him a lot of street cred, apparently. <clears throat> yeah, well, and allegedly he tried to escape from Atlanta. But here's the weird thing. <laughs> so during his prison time in Atlanta, he was approached by the CIA and agreed to be a part of what, at the time, he didn't know it was the MK Ultra program, but now it, we know, and it's, and it's documented, right, that... This happened. Declassified, right? Declassified, yeah. Certain Uh, parts. Certain parts, yeah. There's still stuff that are, you know. They'll never tell. Yeah, but anyway, the MK Ultra So he was told that they were trying to focus on finding a cure for schizophrenia. And if he participated in this, they would give him a lighter sentence. And so, okay, sure, why not? And uh, he said that's. And he wrote letters after he was. Con- you know, caught in 2013, like he wrote letters to one of the jurors about some of the stuff. Like he would have nightmares. He, would, he witnessed like a camera turning in the head of a dog. Like all this craziness going on. Like, but they were because they were dosing him every day for like a year with LSD. With LSD. Time, he was allegedly dosed over 50 times in one day. I'm sure that's not good for you. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> so and and getting into the MK Ultra program, which is crazy. MK Ultra. If anybody have if you've never heard of that, I would highly suggest go look it up and do some of your own research. Freaky. It's crazy. I mean, even President Clinton publicly came out and apologized to the United States public for these atta- these events that happened. So let me give everybody just a little breakdown here, and particularly in cities like San Francisco, Berkeley, of course, University of California, Berkeley, mm. L.A., New York. The CIA had these little, like, I mean, they were pretty much like little trap houses. Laurel Canyon. And... They would send some honeypot to a bar and try to find some, like, college-age kid, which, if my mind serves me correctly, one Mr. Theodore Kosinski, the Unabomber, mm-hmm. was a victim of MK Ultra when he was yes. at UC Berkeley. Yep. And they would essentially experiment on them at using LSD as a truth serum. Mm-hmm. And there were literally people that, like, jumped out of, like, eight, nine-story windows when and and Allegedly. just yeah onto the street when this program like program went awry yeah anyway there was, there was that Netflix special on it it was like War- Wormwood or something that talked about parts part of that were never caught it yeah uh, it was an interesting one also Charles Manson w- was said to have had been going to uh, I did not know that oh yeah look that up there's a book out there um what's his name Mr Rogan. Mr. Joe Rogan was pushing it. Chaos. Operation Chaos. It's very interesting. Anyways, moving forward. MK Ultra also, by the way, the MK is German for mind control. 
This Probably something like Mirschenkumpfreikach. I, I, I don't know. I, I have to look it up. I, I meant to do it beforehand, but uh, um, I bet it sounds this is, angry. This is just an. This is a. This was an extension of a program after Operation Paperclip that was already going on. It was an extension of a Nazi Germany program. I'll put something together for Operation Paperclip in the near future. Well, and yeah, we should because uh, what was that? Gibalt uh, or Gitlab or whatever the guy's name is. Gitlab. Uh, the the guy in charge of the program. They said there's un, there's Gottlieb. Gottlieb, thank you, Gottlieb. <laughs> Gottlieb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he he was said to. They said the main uh, objective of this program was part one was to break the mind, right? Break the mind. Back to MK Ultra, right? Yep. And then step two was to implant new mind, new memories, new, which. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in Hollywood. I mean, MK Ult- or the Manchurian Candidate with Denzel. Sure. That's a great one to there's watch. There's all sorts of stuff like that. There's even a reference in the prior Iowa Talk Guys right. episode about at least just talking about Sigmund Freud's nephew. Yes. Uh, Edward Bernays. Edward Bernays and the book Propaganda, yeah. in which they pretty much figured out how to program the masses. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So, yeah. They, I mean, they, they experimented extreme experiments on human beings ever conducted by the U.S. government, right? Yeah, it's director Cindy Gottlieb. Gottlieb. So, anyways. We're drinking, by the way. Mm, no. We don't do that here in Iowa, man. So, moving forward. So, he gets, he gets par- or before he gets paroled in 1960, his younger brother, William, that we spoke about, uh, was elected to the state House of Representatives, and uh, and Mr. John J. Conley, who you mentioned earlier, worked on the campaign, the election campaign, to help Billiam Bolger get elected. Well, that's awful nice yeah. of him to volunteer his time nice like that. Yeah, it was. Well, it must have been a fine mm-hmm. young man. Mm-hmm. Also, it says here in 1965, Bolger was parole. grand parole. Yeah, and he was also so one of his top. One of, one of uh, Whitey's top lieutenants, or I guess you're his underboss or whatever you want to call it. Flemmy? Yeah, was a man named Stephen the Rifleman Flemmy. All right, him, him and his, he had a brother, or he had a couple brothers that were psychos too. These people were messed up. My mind serves me correctly. Flemmy is the only surviving person really involved with the top of the Winter Hill gang that is in prison. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that's pretty uh, impressive considering he was a snitch, too, because he developed a relationship with the Boston FBI agent H.R. or H. Paul Rico before he even, before Bolger was even released from prison, right? And oh, wow. Parole, which I found very interesting. So Bolger gets released on parole. He starts getting, gets back on the street in South Boston, starts doing his thing, right? Starts raising, and, and we're not going to get too much into that. If you want to go see and, and read up on stuff that Whitey Bolger and the Winter Hill gang did, I mean, go ahead and do that, uh, they there's a ton of horrific. free information on YouTube yeah, and, and exciting yeah. exciting documentaries and whatnot. Yeah, they had one of they had them one of them their uh you know body pits where they went and just got rid of them. Mhm. Dude, yeah, just some real sick. I mean, these guys, Whitey Bulger is uh psycho, so is Flemmy. I mean, they were both sick bastards. Not only that, it was they had an absolute no honor cuz they were, you know, snitches as well, right? I mean, no honor among thieves in that aspect, but at least what you can say about the Italians up until really, up until Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> well, what was his name in the 60s that 
spoke before the Senate, I believe. I can't remember his name, but he gave all of his testimony to the either the House or the Senate. And oh. I can't remember his name, but there was he was locked up and they bought him a suit and put him stuck him in front of either the House or the Senate and he t- broke all of it out. You know who I'm talking yeah, about, I but can't, I, we can't we can't remember his I name. Can't remember his name. I Joe Valachi. Yeah, is that it? Yep. Yeah, I do. I was just listening to something about that. So yeah, he was kind of the first one to really where like start breaking it down as far as like yeah, they were able out. to get a lot of info from him too. But yeah, really, like I said, uh, once stuff once Rudy Giuliani moved and made the RICO Act start being able to hit the higher ups and stuff, things really started changing. Joe Valachi no. showed the structure of the of La Cosa Nostra. In the United States, Rudy Giuliani used the law to prosecute it as an organization. Yep. Yeah. Using the RICO, RICO Act was around. Too. Yeah. He never. Yeah. Rudy Giuliani didn't create the RICO Act. He just used it in that no. fashion. It in fact, I think it was somebody years. else's idea. Yeah. It had been around for a while. And then, then they. Yeah. It's that. We're not going to get into that though. We're going to move on. So, 1970, William Bolger was elected to state senate okay so he was a house rep from massachusetts now he's a state senator all right so we have politician so from southie brother organized criminal from southie got it yeah 10 years no conflict up. of interest none whatsoever five years later in 1975 bolger whitey bolger, jimmy james jimmy Yep, Boots. <laughs> Boots, Boots, Boots Bolger. Agreed to work with the FBI and in the so-called quote-unquote top echelon informant to provide information on the Italian mafia. So, ratting on the Italian, which is smart on his part, except for your, you know, there, it's completely, you know, like the worst thing. Like, even, once again, the Costa Nostra stuff, like... I just watched. Not that not that the, I understand Irish and not Italian are different, too, right? Yeah, of course. But still... In New York, they were working together, you know, the Westies. Yeah. But, well, and so here, down in Boston. Up. Or, yeah, up in Boston, <laughs> sorry. From in New York. South Boston, down in South Boston. Down in Southie. Yeah, they were uh, not too friendly with the Italian mafia. And then, so he was having all this competition getting taken out by the FBI. Until his dying day, he claimed that he was working the FBI. That's why he wasn't a snitch. I, wa- I was going to say I watched a documentary on the evil oh, yeah. streaming service the other day, but he flat out, I listened, they had a bunch of his recordings included, and a- apparently to his dying day, because he's dead now, right? right? He claimed that he was working the FBI. Right. And not the other way around. So he's not a snitch because yeah, he yeah. was he was pointing them around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's how much water that holds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. really, let's just be realistic here because, I mean, they were sending high, like, expensive bottle, like thousands of dollars, dollars bottles of wine to their FBI handlers, both Flemmy and Bolger. Oh, absolutely, yeah. They were going on vacation with them. Stacks right? of cash. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I mean, the, their families. Business in Miami. Like, their families were friends. Like, this was more than just, you know, this was a relationship that these these two had, and they both benefited from it. So, uh, and his handler, once we, like we said, was John J. Conley. And the informant... <sighs> A relationship was described as the devil's deal, and uh, according to this, the source I had here, was the worst informant scandal in the FBI history. That was uh, out of a book written by a Brown University professor. 
can't recall his name. Let me check it here real quick. Prisoner in Chief Sidney Gottlieb and the CIA search for the mind control. I believe is where that is. Isn't Brown Ivy League? I believe so. Yeah, whoever it is is probably a turd. Yeah. Well, either way, there's a lot of information in there. But moving forward, so Conley uh, also. So not only was Bolger giving Conley information. So at the same time, just like in the movie Departed, like his career, Conley was looking really good, like keeps busting all these mafia guys and stuff, these Italian mobsters and stuff, right? And Conley was also alerting Bolger to any stuff that the authorities had into the Winter Hill gang. Really? <laughs> Shocker. How could he? Wow. Yeah, I know. Pretty, pretty weird. Just when you think you know something about human nature, you know? Well, they would. He would even went as far as he would help cover up. Like he would corrupt evidence to in murder charges and stuff. He would or tamper. That's the word I was looking for. Tamper with evidence so that the evidence would the the trail would go somewhere else other than the Winter Hill Gang or Whitey himself. I believe what he his tactic, his main tactic, all those years too was from information that I've got uh, just autodidactically before is he was always saying no 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 the italians the italians are who you have to go after and that was the cover for whitey bolger and then eventually some people were asking a bunch of questions like why aren't you getting this guy he's as nasty as any of the italians he's like bolger who oh you mean (laughs) senator (laughs) (laughs) what I don't know what you're talking about here, man. Yeah, exactly. He just played dumb. So uh, I'm not sure how he actually played it out, dude. But it, That's what the movies say. It, it would have had been a stressful living. In my, I mean, too stressful for my taste, personally. I don't think I'd fit in in Boston very well, personally. Uh, yeah, I don't think I would either. I don't think out east is for me. <laughs> no, sir. Oh, well, okay. Some, like in the middle of Maine, though. That'd be cool. Not flat enough for me, man. With a thirty out 6 and a moose tag. There you go. That'd be sweet. That'd be fun. So moving forward, in 78, William Bolger becomes president of the state Senate and goes on to serve in the post longer than anyone in recorded history. I'm going to imagine there is a slight bit more influence with president of the Senate versus some other senator yeah or representative. So this is eight years after being a senator. Now he's the president of, of the state senator. Of the state Senate. That's... And served, so that's a lot of power. That's a lot of political power there, folks. And so, you know, like I said, you guys want to look in to see. There's a whole bunch of other stuff, but we're going to fast forward a little bit because we got a whole bunch of other stuff to talk about that goes forward with this. So moving up to January 95, Bolger was formally charged with multiple counts of racketeering and extortion, but then was tipped off by Conley in the advance of the indictment, and Bolger fled the area, which then that led to... He was on the run for 16 years. Boots was kicking nuts for 16 years. Them boots was running. Yeah, him and his girlfriend. Them boots were they were made for walking, and he was trucking, boy. Yeah, yeah. Down to Santa Monica, where the sun is shining all the time. Yeah, right. (laughs) Some tasty waves, cool buzz, dude. Shrimp. Yeah, it's really interesting how they ended up catching him and stuff. So that's a fun story to go look into. But anyways, so 95, he fled. In 97, the FBI, under court order, acknowledged that Bolger and Flemmy were top echelon informants as federal probe into the agency's corrupt ties to the mob informants begins. Whoa. So that started unraveling all that stuff with Conley. Because there's the other thing also uh, that I didn't mention too much in here before was... Uh, 
was that Flemmy's handler, Rico, Paul Rico. Connolly's buddy, sort of, right? Yeah. They In were, the agency. Yes, yes. They were both working together as well. So they knew. So all four of them were like going to Disney World together and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. It was crazy. Handing like bags of cash. Yeah, their wives were going shopping, stuff, Christmas yeah. shopping together. Just craziness. But yeah, it, 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 it was extremely corrupt. So... Fast forward to 2002, Conley, so after that investigation starts, the probe into this, the whole top echelon informant freaking gig bullcrap file that they had on this, this shenanigan, the circus, Conley is convicted of racketeering for warning Bolger and Flemmy that they were about to be indicted in January 1995. But he only went on to serve, I think it was like a year or something. It was, it was nothing. I should have put that in here. Slap on the wrist. It was, it was basically inversely and proportionately opposite what would happen to you yes had the fbi charged you yes yeah and i can't yeah, like you to went away forever so i can't so. help to think that maybe the old president of the state senate had something to help mm. help out with that seeing as how i was all convicted in the state of massachusetts the possibilities are endless yeah that's all speculation you, you don't know but moving forward whitey ended up getting captured in 2011 santa monica california Thanks, America's Most Wanted. California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. America's Most Wanted did its job, bro. They capture him, goes on to start trial, all that fun stuff. 2013, he's found guilty on 31 criminal counts, which included participation in 11 murders. So they never pinned him for actually murdering somebody. Although, I shouldn't say he did, but they have other witnesses, informants. Plenty of people say that he... They had no problem pulling the trigger or tightening the ligature around somebody's neck. Or sawing. Oftentimes, yeah. yeah, yes, dismembering bodies to get rid of them. And, you know, enjoyed getting rid of people to a certain degree. Uh, to, yeah, they said, yeah, he... Um, Didn't have a problem with it. And it scared some of his guys, you know, how much he enjoyed it, they said. Enjoyed whacking people. During his trial, Flemmy accused Bolger of being a pedophile. I wanted to throw this in here, <laughs> which I find rather interesting, which probably, let's be honest, I, I mean, they're knows? sick. But here's the thing, though. I would imagine Fleming, in the 70s and 80s, there were some 17-year-olds hanging around the bar. Well, not just that, dude. And people can look into this story. It's sick. But Fleming also happened to admitted to pedophilia and confessed on the stand in Bolger's trial to having had sex with his own stepdaughter before killing her and then having Whitey come over and help him clean her up. Yeah, I remember that. That's just so sick, dude. I was like, like reading some of that stuff, I was like, oh, this makes me want to go puke and then take a hammer to pedophiles' heads, dude. So that one movie with old JD, if you will, yeah, has Bolger doing the work. Oh, yeah. Does it really? Yeah. Oh, I have yet to see that film. It's I've a pretty heard, good movie. I've heard, I've heard good things. I need, to, I need to watch it. I need to catch up on it. Moving forward, another interesting thing that happened. So Whitey, so he's convicted, gets sent to prison, high profile, right? Because there's a lot of people in prison, a lot of Italian mobsters. It sounds like it, yeah. In prison. Sounds like he's still high profile. at that time because Whitey helped get him there by informing on him, by snitching on him, right? Mm-hmm. And there was one. He was, let's say, a top echelon prisoner as well. <laughs> 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 yeah, his top echelon informant title carried with him. He was known everywhere he went, yeah. man. Yeah, he was no stranger. And mind you, he was jacked up. Like, they said part of him, he was, they think he might have had dementia, but he was in, like, a wheelchair at the time. Like, I think he had, like, it wasn't dialysis, but he, he had something sick with him. 
I can't, like I can't recall. It didn't require dialysis or no, but he was he so he kidney was failure, he some was crazy stuff. I think it had to do with his liver too or something. Anyway, look that up on your own. But he was sent to a penitentiary on October 29th, two thousand eighteen, Hazelton in Preston County, West Virginia. Then one of them hollers there. Yeah, where apparently they sent a lot of. There was like three or four Italian hitmen that were in that some, prison. Some wise guys. And like two of them helped Bolger get in there. Our oh. Bolger helped get him in there. Oh. Okay. They're, to this day, you're this saying murder, there could have been some bad there could feelings. Could have been some bad feelings. It's a it's a possibility. You live by the sword, you die by the sword. Though four hours later, after entering this penitentiary in his wheelchair, he was dead. He was found wrapped up in his, in his sleeping or his his blanket on his rack, with his eyes gouged out and his tongue cut off. So he was like Epstein before it was cool. Yeah. Or when did Epstein die? Uh, Epstein was two thousand. That might have. That we might have been two thousand eighteen. We're gonna need to look that one up. We will have to look that. Che- one you up. know what? More of a special. On it. Yeah. You go ahead and let us let us know. In the comments section. If you want a special, we'll give it to you. Or you can just find the answer for us. Yeah, that too. So moving forward, yeah, to this day, his murder still goes unsolved. His brother, Billiam, huh. his brother Billiams, filed a lawsuit against the federal government claiming the Bureau of Prisoner Employees sent his brother to Hazleton to die. So that's very interesting. Go look at all that stuff, too. That's still an open lawsuit going on. I just think that Billiam is a sweet, sweet name. Is it? Personally. You like Billiam? Don't you? Well, it's all right. Yeah. I like it. Billiam. So a little more on Billiam here, which I found interesting. <laughs> he attended Boston College High School, graduated in 1952, graduated from Boston College with an English degree in 55, with assistance from the GI Bill, which I found interesting. I couldn't really find too much information on how he was able to obtain the GI Bill, considering he was not in the military. Huh. And he was not, his his dad wasn't in the military, but his brother was. Remember, Whitey went to the, the Air Force in 48, and he got out in 52. Right. So, And if he got an honorable one, he, he very may well have had his Montgomery GI Bill and let his brother, Billiam, use it. To advance, start his career path. Billy! That's speculation on my part. Like I said, I couldn't find very much information on how he was able to use the GI Bill to get a college degree, but I just found that interesting. William, you're going to go to school. I don't think that was the accent, but it, you know, it works no, for it the works. joke. Yeah. So then he earned his uh, JD for from Boston College Law School. In his Juris Doctorate from B.C., Earning him the title of the Triple Eagle because it was Boston College High School, Boston College, and then Boston College Law School. Boston College undergrad and then Boston College Law. Wow. So. Good hockey. Maybe that's why, you know, maybe old Billiam thought he might feel a little, maybe he's just a good guy with a good heart and felt, you know, hey, my brother helped me out. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for him. Throw all that weight around. Yep. Anyways. So then, like we said, he was elected House of representatives he was a massachusetts in 60 democrat 1970 state senate 78 to 1996 is how long he served as the president of the state senate that's quite some time which like we said that's a a record record high there folks Mm, feels like a record high. high out here in iowa today so things get a little interesting in the 90s there for mr billiam while all this stuff Right, so his brother's just being indicted and on the run. That kind of looks bad for you. Yeah. You know, 
I don't know if there's really any correlation there in 96 because his brother was on the run. He was formally charged in 95, right? Right. So that kind of looked bad. Might have looked bad on Billiam. So he might have been like, well, I already made history. I'll just step down here, you know? So right after that, he was appointed as the president of the University of Massachusetts. And this guy really had his, his fingers and a lot of stuff too, mind you. He was, let's see, he was past president of the Bo- uh, Boston Public Library, overseer emirates of the Boston Symphony Orchestra, and former member of the Massachusetts General Hospital Board of Trustees, Museum of Fine Arts Board of Trustees, and McLean Hospital Board of Trustees. And he joined the facilities of the Boston College and Suffolk Universities as a lecturer of political science in 2004. So he's, I mean, he's had his fingers in a lot of stuff. Yeah, a couple universities, Mm -hmm. organized crime. Yeah, yeah, and things, things. So, like we said, so he he stepped down, uh, or I don't know if he stepped down, but he was no longer the president of state senate in '96 or '90, yeah, '96, and then he became the uh, he was appointed the president of the University of Massachusetts, and he served on there until 2003. When they found, they, when they were going through and doing that investigation of the FBI probe and stuff and all the scandal and the corruption going on in there. So obviously he was brought up, right, naturally. Sure. So they wanted to talk to old Billiam. Wanted to maybe know if he knew Whitey's location as a fugitive. Yeah. You know? And he had to go under a congressional, it was a congressional investigation into him in 2003. In exchange and, for immunity. And Yeah, in which Bolger testified in exchange for immunity from prosecution for obstructing justice. But Bolger came under harsh criticism for his apparent evasiveness. And government Mitt Romney, among others, demanded his resignation. So they were asking him questions. Turd face Romney. Old Mitt Romney. Y'all remember him from, what was that, 2000? 2012. Was that Mitt Romney in 2012? Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. For, it was for president? Romney. Against Obama? Mittens and Obama. Yeah. Robomney? <laughs> what a turd, man. Yeah, so. Hey, I was ahead of the curve on knowing that Mitt Romney's a turd face. Oh, yeah, I just, I wasn't really impressed. <laughs> I'm not really impressed with any of them, honestly. No. So he, so then he, Bolger, Obilium there resigned from the president of the University of Massachusetts in September of 2003 kind of forced into resignation because he was refusing to straight up answering questions. Which is his right. It is his right. It's Fifth Amendment. Just looks a little odd, right? I don't got Because of the odd. like pretty obvious Right. Yeah. Your brother's a psycho yeah. mass murderer. Oh man, I'd I'd be that's pleading off the fifth too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you help him at no. all? No. I mean like no, I'm not no, helping you. No. I plead the fifth. Yeah. Get out of my face. Plead the fifth. This is a discrimination because of my name. Yeah, right? I'd Martin Shkreli, that one. Yeah, but the Bolger, Bolger also testified that the FBI never asked if he knew of Whitey's locations, but those marks were disputed by a former FBI agent who claimed Bolger declined, declined to submit to an interview with the Bureau. Now, moving on to a man we all know. Glenn Beck would like to put it. You know, this man. No, I'm just joking. Sorry. That was a bad Glenn Beck impression. Anyway, in 2013. I thought it was good. Then Vice President Joe Biden and his son Hunter Biden flew aboard Air Force Two. So that's our taxpaying dollars. It's the second one. To China. I'm guessing. It's the, it's the second Air Force. <laughs> it's the second jet that the president uses. 
Less than two weeks later, after this trip to China, Hunter Biden's investment firm, Rosemont Sink Partners, inked $1 billion private equity deal with a subsidy subsidiary of Chinese government's Bank of China. Subsidiary? Subsidi- thank you. Subsidiary. No! The deal... Yeah. I went to... I'm from Iowa. The deal was later expanded to $1.5 billion. It's pretty awesome. What luck. If anybody's got any $1.5 billion deals out there, let TP and Theo know. Yeah. And maybe we can get our vice president dad to use the taxpayer's money. Oh, wait. And jet to fly neither, over there. Neither of us have a vice president dad. That sucks. All right, never mind. <clears throat> we got daddy issues now. All right. So the businesses of Hunter Biden and his partners, they were they were creating a series of LLCs. They're involved in these multi-billion dollar private equity deals, okay, with the Chinese government. And like I said, the centerpiece of these all these companies was the Rosemont Sink Partners. Seneca. Seneca, thank you. Rosemont Seneca Partners. That was controlled by Hunter Biden and his associates, Chris Hines, who is uh, John Kerry's stepson. Anybody remember him? John Kerry? John Kerry. Senator yeah, John Kerry. I think he's in Davos. Da- yeah. Da- he goes to Davos, da- doesn't he? The Davos? Davos, yeah, yeah the World was Economic the world? Forum. Was he there? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, he does go there quite frequently. And you know, he, was, he was skull and bones with old George W. At what? Yeah. Remember that? He was a pilot in that. No, he wasn't a pilot. McCain was the pilot. He was in Vietnam as well. His boots were actually on the ground at one point in time, I believe. I thought he was in the Navy. Yeah, in the Navy. In the Navy! Where you can kiss our ass. So, his stepson is Chris Hines, and he's involved with Hunter Biden. And Hines' long-term associate, long-time associate, a man by the name of Devin Archer. They, tr- they founded that group in 2009. Okay, 2013, they get that freaking amazing deal. Just kind of timed like right after, you know, dad moves from the Senate to, to the, the White House. The White House. Like, right. Literally, because, yeah, Obama was elected in. Right. Obama and Biden. Right. Right. Interesting, right? And to assist in this venture when they were trying to make this multi or this mil, or this one billion dollar deal with uh, this Chinese company. They decided to partner with a Massachusetts-based consultancy called the Thornton Group LLC, headed by a man named James Bolger. Not James Whitey Bolger. Not Jimmy from Saudi. Saudi. No. Oh, another he, James Bolger. Another James Bolger. Okay. Yeah. This is this is Billiam's son. Tell me more. Oh. Yeah. Senator. Billiam names his son Jimmy? Names his son James after Jimmy. <laughs> after Boots. After, after Boots. Rattlesnake. I'm going to name boots. you after your brother, after my brother Boots. Boots. Yeah. You don't step in line, you're going to get the Boots. How many times I got to tell you? <laughs> That's, those are probably poor oh, yeah. Boston accents, I'm, but we think they're really good. I don't think they're really good at all. <laughs> That's the point, right? You're supposed to laugh at our stupid, stupid stuff we say. So, moving forward, on April 16th, 2014, White House records show that Devin Archer, remember him? 
We just talked about him. He's Devin good. Archer. Yeah, business partners with Chris Hines and Hunter Biden. Made a private visit to the White House for a meeting with Vice President Joe Biden. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, check this out. That's nice. Yeah, pretty awesome. You know, I wow. guess that's what happens when you're business partners with that, the VP's dad. That doesn't happen son, to everybody. I mean, yeah, you know? no, that's pretty sweet, dude. So, five days later, on April 21st, uh, Mr. Vice President Joe Biden landed in Kiev. Or they call it Kev now? Kiev? Kiev. Kiev. For a series of high-level meetings with Ukrainian officials. What? Mm-hmm. Before Ukraine was cool and got invaded by Russia? Yeah, yeah. Um, the vice president was bringing with him highly welcome ter- terms of the United States Agencies for International Development Program, which is just another a fancy word of you know money laundering for the U.S. government. Like passing a bill for X billions of dollars and just like... Or not money laundering, slush fund, I'm sorry. Yeah, just fund. like sending it to a bunch of... Yeah. Places and you have course, your tentacles and you know, Speaker of the House has to get their cut and whatnot out of this bill as well, mm. just like the COVID relief program because they were so affected. So, program, this program was to assist the Ukrainian natural gas industry and <laughs> promise of more U.S. financial assistance and loans. Hey, Theo, uh, who owns the natural gas industries in Ukraine? Is it the state? Pretty sure those are Russian companies. Oh, oh, Russian state companies. <laughs> oh, not Ukrainian state companies. Well, I mean, they're on Ukrainian property. I but mean, they're Russian state companies. I mean, there's, yeah, there's been a lot of Russian oligarchs that work for these natural gas and energy companies that have staked in Ukraine. Um, you mean that? that? Are, ended up suicide, homicide in their families and stuff. Huh. We can get into that in another episode, but that stuff's pretty wild, actually. But this was pre-cool Ukraine, right? This is pre. This was when it was. This a, was literally right before. It was before the this, 2014 invasion of Crimea by Russia, right? Yeah. So the, old Joe went there in 2014 to the western side. Or I'm sorry, the eastern. No, no. Yeah, the western Ukraine, because western Ukraine was Poland and friendly with yeah. the U.S. Right. So after. After, oh, okay, hold on, let me go back to that. So the vice president offered them these loans and assistance in the United States, and the International Monetary Fund would be pumping more than $1 billion in the Ukrainian economy. Huh, that'd be nice. Wow. It'd be nice if we can get that treatment. Actually, I don't want IMF money. Yeah. Know. I you bet you, what you the public... read that Confessions of an Economic Hitman? I did, by John Perkins. My yeah. goodness, man, that was like one of my favorite books that I have ever read Ladies and gentlemen, we are not endorsed no, no. by nor yada yada but you yada. Really but read that. Confessions of an Economic Hitman by John Perkins. That mm-hmm. it was like a life changer. I'll tell you what happened. Fantastic. I read that book, and then I gave that book to somebody, and then they gave that book to somebody. Oh, nice, good. Keep and going. he was like, "Oh man, it was just such a good book." It's on Audible now. You're gonna go listen to it if you want. Too, if you don't want to read it, I'm gonna buy another copy. I, I want, should buy. A copy I want that too. thing in my hands, man. It is a really good book. I think I read it because you told me about it years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Wasn't it exciting? We were at the ballpark. Well, at first I was like, "Dude, this is messed up." It's just like it's a. I mean, it has a lot of bad. It, it was sickening, really. Actually, yeah. to me, because I'm like, "This is." But 
It is what it is. We get but a, it's we just did, we should actually do an episode on that on the book. Absolutely. Why not? It's just so fascinating to to read. It is a pretty it yeah. It's it's fascinating. Like I said, it's sickening and stuff and it blows your mind, but it's it, it really when you read it you you can't put it down. Like, it makes it, it makes gonna, a lot of sense too. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna piss you off. Yeah. You know, like most of the truth should piss you off once you start learning the truth about stuff. Yeah. I mean and don't you know, be a skeptic when you go through it still and just go research it too because that's why. Because I, I was like, no way. <laughs> no way, dude. And I would go and, uh, yeah, I'm like, holy crap. So, everything's crazy now. The Natural Gas Company. So, we said Archer, our buddy Archer, went and spoke to Joe and he went into, down to Kiev and then all that stuff. So, the next day, the very next day, after Joe went down there, there was a public announcement that Devin Archer had been asked to join the board of Bur- Burisma, the Ukrainian natural gas company. Burisma. Burisma. Okay, that's pretty awesome. What are the chances of that? Go have a meeting with the vice president, and then all of a sudden you're asked to join this multi-billion dollar company? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of a big deal. Pretty big deal, dude. Three weeks after that, on May 13th, it was announced that Hunter Biden would join, too. Now, get this. Neither Biden nor Archer had any background or experience in the energy sector whatsoever. They, I know Biden had gone to law school. I know his dad also had tried to push for to get him into the Navy. Remember that? And then he popped for dirty for a piss. <laughs> I, <laughs> cocaine. I didn't know that. Got kicked out. Yeah, That's it's sweet, fun. though. Uh, it's pretty terrible. Anyway, because uh, uh, after Biden... Uh, other son who was a veteran mysteriously died and then his brother married his i thought it was cancer and all yeah he died of cancer and then hunter started you know going after going after his brother's wife real healthy veteran had an impeccable physical record i mean yeah cancer's a bitch dude yeah especially when it shows up out of nowhere hmm anyway Guess their family's just as human as ours, folks, right? Yeah. So, moving on. The choice uh, of Hunter Biden to handle transparency and corporate governance by Burisma is curious because Biden had little, if any, experience in Ukrainian law. (laughs) He did have law experience in America, right, but not Ukrainian, which is a little different, or professional legal counsel, period, at all. But that didn't stop uh, Burisma from paying the younger Biden uh, what the New York Times had reported was as much as $50,000 a month while the company was under investigations by officials in both Ukraine and abroad. It's good so, living. So that's pretty good It's good money. living. So, and, th- and they were under investigation. 50 grand a month. They were under investigation for like money laundering and uh, some, I think, I believe, was it some tax deals or something? Hmm. Wow. Mm. There was some stuff there. You know, go check it out because it gets even more wild. So Joe Biden took a trip to Kiev in March 2016 with one billion dollars in foreign aid for Ukrainian officials, but he he essentially blackmailed them. Is what this is. He he told him he was going to withhold that aid. Unless they f- fired the country's top prosecutor, Victor Shokin, who was investigating Burisma, 
Burisma. Burisma. And which his, you know, his boy, Hunter Biden. That's my boy. Hunter. You can't be touching my boy. <laughs> well. Only I can do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the real sickening part here is that he goes on, the vice president, while he's still the vice president, goes to the Council of Foreign Relations soon after and brags about it. And this is just how sick these people are. And we, we'll play Let's roll the here. tape. We'll just roll the tape. Don't take our word for it. Roll, go. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Um, I remember going over convincing our team, our <coughs> others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, right, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to the press conference. Said, "No, nah. I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, "You're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here." And I think it was what six hours. I looked. I said, "I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money." Well, son of a bitch, <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Someone who was solid. Uh, super solid. I'm glad they were able to do that. <laughs> Someone who was solid that was not going to investigate my son. This guy goes to a place like the Council on Foreign Relations and just admits it. You know? Mm-hmm. Yep. This is the world we're living in, folks. It gets even wilder. Wait, let me get into more of this. Okay, so we all heard about the Hunter Biden laptop, you know, in 2020. Hunter Biden left his laptop at that place for over a year or whatever. That dude let the hard drive contents go out to the Post, who initially released that. And remember, everybody said it was a Russian disinformation campaign, right? You remember? Yeah. Yeah. 22,000 emails sent from 2009 to 2019 uh, were verified as authentic after first being dismissed incorrectly as possible disinformation campaign by Russia during the U.S. elections because they didn't want to damage uh, Biden, Joe Biden's uh, reputation, which he was doing a pretty oh. damn good job of damaging himself, really. No, he wasn't because he was locked away in a basement the whole time Yeah, that's because of a... Because of a power play by the federal government, in particular federal health bureaucracies. Good times create... Federal health. Good times create weak men, man. Federal health. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, crazy. Just ridiculous. So at the time, President-elect Biden also said that he was confident that his son had committed no wrongdoing despite despite the Post reporting that Hunter had introduced a top executive at Burisma to the then-Vice President less than a year before the elder Biden pressured Ukrainian government officials to fire a prosecutor investigating the company. Yep, no, that's just, that's just business. It's no, what's wrong with that? I don't know. It's just business. It's just business. Uh, you, you squares need to get over it. You, yeah? you can definitely separate the two. Don't make me call my boy Corn Pop. Over here. Okay. Also, with that, that e- those emails, 
Uh, something I found interesting is, so they're from 2009 to 2019. There's 10 years worth. During all these deals and whatnot, there's emails from Chris Hines to Hunter Biden. And, it, and the subject title said... Carrie's kid? Yeah, yeah. It said James's dad, or Jim's dad, or uh, Jim's uncle. <laughs> and then it was just a link to the article of when they captured... Uh, in 2013 when they captured Whitey Bulger in Santa Monica. Santa Monica, yeah. It's like, that's interesting. Wow. Yeah. Must have been telling some really cool stories about his uncle. Yeah, that, probably. That his business partners were like, Oh, yeah, man, he's a legend in Southie. Yeah. I want to be just like him. So, you know, all that fun stuff. And just for some recent events... I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you about what I found here. February twenty eighth, twenty twenty two, Damon Williams, the United States Attorney for the Southern District of New York, announced that Devin Archer was sentenced today by the Honorable Ronnie Abrams to a year and a day in prison for defrauding a Native American tribal entity and various investment advisory clients of tens of millions of dollars in connection with the issuance of bonds by the tribal entity and the subsequent sale of those bonds through fraudulent and deceptive means. Oh. So what kind of a scum? Like th- th- Some th- business. Th- these guys are just complete scumbags. Like, you know, not not as if the Native Americans haven't suffered enough. But well, that's they, your they, opinion. That is my opinion. It is my opinion. I'm sticking to it because this here is America. But going, you know, going piggybacking on what Theo had said earlier about the CFR, getting in front of the CFR and just telling a good old joke, knee slapper. <laughs> Son of a bitch, he was fired. Well, those guys talk open. They've been talking openly about globalism for 20 years. Well, yeah, the re- most recent stuff with Davos meeting. Klaus well, Schwab got up there and was just like. That's not exactly mm-hmm. them. That, but they're, I'm sure they're, they're all, all for it. it though. I'm sure dude, they're all. I'm sure they're many, loving it, dude. Look how many. Did uh, you get an CFR invitation to Davos this the, year? Yeah, dude. That's what I'm saying. They're all these. All these people in these groups are, and the, they go to the same de- meetings. It's oh, goody, goody, shit. goody! I hope I get an invitation to Davos this yeah. year. <sighs> we're not. We're not part of that group, buddy. Yeah, but I don't really, really. I found. Be I found on uh, the Senate's website, Senate.gov's website, this report. Called Hunter Biden, Bromisma, and the Corruption, the Impact on U.S. Government Policy and Related Concerns by the U.S. Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Government Affairs. So I'm just going to read through the table of contents and then the first paragraph of the executive summary. If you want to find this, you can go look it up yourself. It's a PDF available free online at the, the, Senate's, the Senate's website. Senate.gov? Yeah. I don't know. What, so, what is it? So this means... so the, and, this is uh, the table context, you know, you know, executive summary, introduction, conflicts of interest is number three. Number four, the vice president office and the State Department officials were aware of but ignored concerns relating to Hunter Biden's role on Burmese's board. Number five, Secretary of State John Kerry falsely claimed he had no knowledge about Hunter Biden's role on Burmese's board. Oh, my goodness. Number six, State Department officials viewed Mikola Zaliski's as a Zolashevsky. Sorry, I can't. Zolashevsky. As a corrupt, odious oh, yeah. oligarch, but Vice President Biden was advised not to accuse him of corruption. 
Number seven. While Hunter Biden served as Burisma board, Burisma's owner, Zolchowski, allegedly paid a $7 million bribe to Ukrainian's prosecutor general's office to close the case. Oh, wow. That sounds like uh, law and order and yeah, justice served right there. Number eight, Hunter Biden, a Secret Service protectee while on Burisma's board. Yeah, that can't be a conflict of interest at all, can it? <laughs> number number nine. nine, Obama administrates officials on a document. A Democrat lobbying firm had consistent and significant contact with former Ukrainian official Andriy Telezhenko. Andrei Telezhenko. Telezhenko, is that how you pronounce the Z-H? That's Tele-Zhenko. what I'm guessing. Tele-Zhenko. I'm pretty good with pronouncing stuff, mm, I guess. Interesting. Like, interesting. The minority, number 10, the minority falsely accused the chairman of engaging in a Russian disinformation campaign and <laughs> used other tactics to interfere in the investigation. What? Yeah. I've never heard of... I haven't never heard of this report until I researched this. Russian dif- disinformation this. campaign, you know? Yeah, what is that? Just that- a... Part of part of American lexicon now. Yeah, these are just the titles, by the way. This is like I. This is a pretty decent. Just the table report. of contents. Yeah, this is the table of contents. Yeah, there's t- and they have all the stuff, the information here. It's a pretty good report. Number eleven. Biden and his family's financial transactions with Ukrainian, Russian, Kazakh, Kazakh and Chinese nationals raise criminal concerns and extortion threats. Whoa getting hot up in her and then conclusion for number 12 there at the end pretty intense right there if you ask me and then uh so i just want to read you the first paragraph of the executive summary and i would really urge you to go look up this stuff i mean this is it's wild man this is a lot of information here it is a lot of information there here's the executive summary i might screw this up so i don't care Third time's a charm. In late 2013 and into 2014, mass protests erupt, erupted in Kiev, Ukraine, demanding integration into Western economies and an end to systemic corruption that had plagued the country. At least 82 people were killed during the protest, which accumulated on or culminated on February 21st when Ukrainian President Viktor Yanukovych 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 abdicated by fleeing the country less than 2 months later over the span of only 28 days significant events followed the involving the Bidens unfolded and then it gets it starts getting into a bunch of stuff dude and it's wild just the summary is pretty wild and, and uh, I mean the show's already going to be long enough so I don't want to get too much into that but that's uh I mean, like I said, that was when there was an actual insurrection at a Capitol there. And yeah, yeah. And, well, and, and politicians were murdered. Right. And building the building was set on fire. People were shot. I remember watching that. So. And this dude got out of there. And this dude got out. <clears throat> so. That is a lot of information. And to follow it up here at the end of this, this we're not accusing any families of anything or, you know, any wrongdoing. We're just saying these are the facts and you do what you want with them. I mean, it's pretty weird. There's a lot of just lucky people involved in this story. Here. Yeah, you know what we're doing? <laughs> we're in a garage 
in the middle of nowhere in Iowa. Yeah. We're just talking shack. about this stuff. It's really shacky. But he wants you know, to church it up, garage. It's <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting how all this stuff adds up. Right. And you know, we're actually seeing real corruption, but nothing happens. Right. That's exactly it. Nothing happens. The Senate I pulled this article, this report off of the Senates.gov website. You know, Department of nothing. Homeland Security. No charges. No charges, no nothing. Just uh You know. We'll just stick with the mainstream media. Yeah. We'll just stick with the narrative that a magic bullet killed the president. It just so happens that you've got Carrie's stepkid and right. you've got the president in quotes. <laughs> you've got his kid. Yeah. Just no experience rolling around the world. Just making a bunch of cash. businessman, dude. A millennial's freaking dream, right? I mean, yeah. The guy... The guy probably barely passed his his college. I'm just gonna say, I'm, I'm, that's my own your own speculation. Yeah, dude, he was like Tommy Boy at the end. D plus I yeah. passed. <laughs> yeah, you know. Now let's go get some crack. You know, you know, a lot of people go don't to do college crack for kids. seven years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're called doctors. Yeah, <laughs> and you weren't one. I'm just saying that. Yeah, in. People, you know, look into the Hunter laptop stuff. Do your own research it's on dirty. it. Dirty. This is just like I said. I was I had stumbled across some connections here in this, and I was and I kind of looked around. I was like, nobody else is talking about this that I can find. So why not just put something together and put it out there, see what people think. You know, uh, it's just an odd bunch of coincidences. coincidences. Just lining up one after another. There are no coincidences. So take it as you want, folks. But hey, we named a book tonight—a really good book. Yes. Just hey, this is not an endorsement. We're we're not endorsed. Right. But but go go get the book. I would really yeah suggest it. You uh, Confessions it. of an Economic Hitman by John Perkins. Like I said, if you have Audible, I believe it's on Audible. You can listen to it. It's uh it's we. A, it's we don't even informative. we don't even have an affiliate account or anything. We're not making money. That's just a a, a book that you right. should, it, everybody needs to pick up. This is to add value to your life and yeah. just yep. understand stuff. You know, um, name another book. Another book to read. Yeah, well, just, I, I also said that chaos one. Like I said, Joe Rogan was. Oh, okay. Was pushing that one. Yeah. So that's a that good one. one. Yeah, that's when you want. That's like the Charles Manson MK. Well, I think that's more the CIA involvement with Charles Manson. I don't know how much they talk about the MK Ultra with that. I believe they t- they tip on it. They 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 touch on it. Touch on it. Thank you. Yeah, they dip their wa- their toes in the water on it. They tip on it. Yes. But yeah, and um, I think we should we should probably do a show on MK Ultra. Get into some stuff like that, and some that's pretty sick. It's time for a dry erase board of issues. Yeah. Well, and also, hey, we, we're wanting your guys' feedback as well. If there's any t- other topics you guys would like uh, us to know about. Did we do a good job of just conversing about this one? Well, we don't want to have too many calls for action. So, you know, yeah. So, if you want us to do a show about MK Ultra, let us know. We can, we can delve, do a little deep dive into it a little longer. There's a lot of good information about it. It's pretty wild. Um, so. Need to pick up a book on it. So, anyways. We hope that this informed some of you folks, that it entertained you, that you liked it. If you did, like, subscribe, follow us, 
do all that fun social media stuff that helps us to get out, share. Try to catch us weekly, and that's what we're going for. Yeah. We're going to go for a weekly schedule here and try to catch it. That's what we're going for. So, all right, thanks a lot, folks.